Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello pod people and welcome back to Classic Ads from Simpler Times, where the tone of recent email correspondence suggests that if this podcast were the prize at the end of the race, people would be learning how to run backwards. Some of our listeners, or at least those who were not permanently glued to the sunny window in a fugue state, may remember that we recently reviewed a 30 second ad for Lemonade that managed to shoehorn the brand name in 24 times. Well, brace yourself. We've been contacted again by Ireland's best-selling solo musical artist, and it's safe to say that she's unhappy with the current podcast content, sending us an abuse burger with the lot to get her point across while managing to drop the F-bomb 37 times in just under three minutes. Elsewhere in this week's episode, we follow the mind-blowing revelations about how Lexus sourced the leather for their car seats with some less mind-blowing esoterica about Mondegreens. What's a Mondegreen, I hear you ask? At this stage, I would suggest that you have two options. Option A, look it up on Google and go and have a nice lie down. Or option B, carry on listening and find out why Jimi Hendrix is kissing a guy. So strap in, buckle up, take your meds, brush the crumbs off your onesie, and join me, Steve Cook, and my co-host, award-winning advertising creative and TV ad director, Tony Williams, as we take a look at a telly ad from 1989 that won the Cannes Grand Prix at a canter. If that's not enough for you, we'll hear how I won the lottery of life and got the non-farty chair today, find out which on-screen father and son duo had sex with the same Nazi, and get all nostalgic about Sunday nights at 6pm on Radio 1. So, don't go out tonight. Everything's going to be all right. There's a bathroom on the right. I, I'm, I'm in a non-farting chair again. Feel special. Have you got a farty chair? No, a non-farty okay, chair. non-farty chair. Okay. Um, how should we start? Well, with some housekeeping, actually. Some housekeeping? I've had um, someone point out that we had an incorrect answer in our song quiz. And we both moved on thinking it was correct. In the song quiz, okay. There was a... First of all, can we name and shame? Who Who is it that thinks that they know better than you do? Well, no, I think they are correct because the song, we had to name a Celine Dion song. We both sang a Whitney Houston song. <laughs> For I, I will always love you. Which is, in fact, the correct, incorrect song. 
which is had the flute in our ears going, ooh, 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 ooh. That which one, near, far, wherever. Oh, okay. So we both got it wrong. Okay. And it was pointed out with glee. Bye. After she was listening to it in the car on the way home in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there probably are other mistakes, but we might as well point that one out. Okay, well, um, we'll have, uh, while we're doing admin then, we'll have, um, I've been contacted by Enya again. My oh beep, no, she hasn't yeah, rang again. Yeah, my beeper went off and Enya... Did you send a fax? My beeper went off and I um, went straight to the answer machine. <laughs> played Enya's message. And what did she do this time? She's unhappy about the amount of... Uh, well, she's unhappy about two things. She's unhappy about the characterization of all Irish people as paedophiles. I think she's <laughs> a, bit com- a bit confused yet, yeah, but uh, you know, the, the whole uh, all Irish priests are paedophiles. Oh. But she's also unhappy about the amount of time that Wolf Carla oh. got dedicated to him in the Qantas episode. Oh dear. So anyway, here's her message that she left on the answer phone. Well, hello again, you two dozy feckers from the stupid fucking advert podcast. This is Anya here, Ireland's best-selling solo musical artist, as you fucking well know by now. First off, not returning my calls is a big mistake for you two fucking charisma vacuums. You really don't want me as a fucking enemy. Let's all be fucking grown-ups now about this, shall we, lads? Numero fucking uno on me growing list of things that you blokes do that fucking shit me off. The fucking lazy labelling of every fucking Catholic priest as a paedophile. As I was saying to Father Murphy, John claude and John Hegarty in the pub last Friday, talk about you fuck one fucking sheep. It's obvious you two are after cheap fucking laughs. So how's about this, you fucking abattoir creepers? I'll do you the deal. Stick with the Jimmy Savile gags and I'll keep the fucking lawyers at bay, all right? The Brits are out the fucking EU now, so there'll be no more cross-border pedo jokes. Stick to the homegrown stuff, lads, and I'll leave you alone. Mess with the patties again and I will fucking fuck your shit up for you in a major fucking way, I'm telling you now. Number two, how come the German bloke with the melty face gets so much fucking love on the shite advert podcast? I noticed that his grey's having a serious fucking renaissance after you two fawned all over him in the shite advert review, then gave him half of the Qantas show to dribble on about feck all. Me and Tommy Cunts was in the pub on Friday and we both agreed that fucker's about as fucking interesting as Boris Johnson explaining fucking Bitcoin to your grandma. On a lighter note, Tony, Tommy Conn says to say hello. He's a big fan, apparently. He fucking loved that Toyota Hilux ad he did with all the fucking swearing in it. Anyway, use two fanny repellents, just so we're all clear. No more fucking Paddy the Pedo jokes, and get Tom Cunts on the shite podcast in place of the fucking melty face Nazi gobshite ASAP. Oh, and P.S. I was after bumping into your man, John Hegarty, in the pub on Friday. Jesus, the boy was off his fucking tits again. He does love a pina colada. Anyway, Johnny wants me to pass on a message. He says that you two had a fucking gift that never starts fucking giving and he was fucking embarrassed to fuck that one of you actually worked for him and that he was never going to sponsor the shite podcast and you should both get to fuck. Anyway, so then, that's me, Enya, Ireland's best-selling solo musical artist, signing off for now. Sail away, you fucking fuckwits. <laughs>
Oh dear. I would have never thought with all the gentle songs that she made, she'd be so aggressive. She's She seems to have a lot of pent-up anger. I think she's been hanging around with Sinead O'Connor a bit. I think the pair of them have been shopping on the Saturday. And, um, but they, they do say you should never beat your heroes, don't you? Or your heroines. That's so, true. I mean, obviously, the public persona that wow. she has is completely different. I mean, she was rapping like Oranoko's flow. Oh, She's, um, you know, obviously very defensive of wow. uh, Jean-Claude, Tommy Kuntz and um, John Hegarty. Enya, there you go. Wow. Anger. So much anger. So much anger. Uh, what okay. was the last song that Enya brought out? Oh, God, I don't know. Let's not go there because I, I think um, if we get it wrong, the... We might hear from her again. Her <laughs> displeasure will be wow. made plain. Uh, we're going back to 1989. 1989. 1989 tones to an ad that you have chosen. Uh, 1989 was the year that Lexus was launched, a brand it- very close to your heart. Mm-hmm. 1989 was the year that a fatwa was announced by Iran. Oh, by the writer. Ayatollah Khomeini announced a fatwa on Salman Rushdie. For writing the book, which apparently wasn't very good. The Satanic Verses, never read it. Mm. Apparently, he said it was blasphemous, and they put a three million United States dollars bounty on his head. 32 years later, the fatwa is still in place. I thought it was lifted. Nope. Mm. Nope. In November, the citizens of Germany tore down the Berlin Wall. Wow. And Nintendo launched the Game Boy. It was the same year, it was the 100th anniversary of Nintendo. What did Nintendo make before they made the Game Boy? They made, what did they make? They made the Super Nintendo. What, for 100 years before? Oh, 100 years before. Apparently it was 100 years old. That sounded like Biden then, didn't it? About something he was talking about uh, since he's been trying to do it for 120 years, since he got into the Senate. Um, I don't know, what did they do before? I've no idea. I don't, I, I couldn't find anything about it. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Trivia Man. Well, I, I thought... No, 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 no. You wanted the trivia job. I was told off last I week. I thought I, I would ask somebody who'd lived in uh, Japan what... Oh, oh so, uh, so when you instantly live in Japan, you know karate and, um, and what Nintendo did 120 years ago. <laughs> Sorry, Super Passport Control. You're only coming in if you can answer these questions. Right. Okay. Okay, what else have you got the trivia list? you got your period, what? What's going on? <laughs> no, no. Um, the first ever standalone episode of The Simpsons was aired. Oh, is that right? Because you know the show that the original one was in. It was the in Tracy Ullman the show. Tracy Ullman show. Um, okay. Tim Berners-Lee. Oh, yeah. Do we know who Tim Berners-Lee he is? He invented the internet. Yep. A software engineer working at the CERN Particle Physics Laboratory in Geneva came up with a way for people all over the world, world to share information. He gave all the individual bits of information an address, which he called a... a IP address. Internet protocol. A URL. Oh, URL. Sorry. Yeah. And he created a language that they would write the information in so everybody could see it. What did he call that language? HTML. Hyper... Text, text markup language. There we go. Top 10 movies of the year. Up two places to level what is. Batman with uh, Jack Nicholson. I went to see, I think I've told you this before, I went to see the premiere of that. It was launched on, I think, November the 13th. I went to see it dressed as a press reporter <laughs> from the time with a blue hat. Yeah, no, and it was the first movie to have a, a worldwide release on the same day. Why normally, did you do that, though? Because we're, we're big you, Batman fans. You're a huge... Okay. So, the, yeah, there used to be... Um, movies used to launch once in America, and then, you know, when the season was right somewhere else. But this was a, one of the first movies, or the first movie, that launched on the same day around the world. The second highest-grossing movie of 1989 was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, I know! Starring... <laughs> yeah, I know! <laughs> the worst was in it. Of course, it has a man called, I don't know, Harrison Watt. Uh, so Wolf wasn't in that one because he, you know, because he's melt, his face, oh. his face had melted off in the first one. However, Indiana Jones's dad was in this one, mm. played by Sean Connery. <laughs> if I'm not wrong, I think he was in, yeah, Sean Connery. Hello, Indiana Jones. Twas very shit, you know. I mean, another movie called Mississippi Pesh Flaps. <laughs> 
So Sean. Uh, the only bit I can remember about this movie is that Sean Connery and Indiana Jones both shagged the same Nazi in this one. Oh. Yep. I, wasn't, I thought you said and I wasn't in it. <laughs> and it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Would you think made my face melt off, guys? <laughs> Okay, other uh, uh, other high-grossing movies that year. Back to the Future 2. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Um, Lily per hour. Look Who's Talking, which was... Oh, John, can you remember John, anything Yeah, about John Travolta that? and Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley is when she was fit. Far out. But you know, remember, yeah. who, who, who voiced the baby? Um, um, him with the out of, uh, you know, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Uh, Dead Poet Society. Oh, yes. Lethal Weapon 2. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That was a good film. Was it? Yeah. Rick Moranis, Rick I think, Moranis, was in yeah. that one. Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Little Mermaid. Well, I'll pass on that one. Uh, Born on the 4th of July. Starring uh, Tom Cruise. Oh, blimey. I've never seen it. You'd be brilliant in a pub quiz, I reckon. You'd be the man to take to a pub quiz. Right. There were 18 number one singles in the UK during 1989. Four of them were either by Kylie Minogue or Jason Donovan. Oh, especially for you. And three of them were by Jive Bunny. Oh, come on, everybody. Oh, come on, everybody. Let's twist again like we did last summer. How many can you sing? Oh, let's do Okay. <laughs> Especially for you by Kylie and Jason. Especially for you. Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, I remember. Um, Something's Gotten Hold of My Heart by Mark Armand and Gene Pitney. Something's... Uh, so Gene Pitney originally sang that song, yeah, and then he? Mark Armand got I know Gene Pitney's 24 Hours to Tulsa. Something's gotten hold of my heart. But I don't know, yeah. A uh, Belfast Child by Simple Minds. Yeah, I know. Well, I know. With a Belfast Child, we're not allowed to talk about it. And you said no. <laughs> too, <laughs> many, too many broken hearts by Jason Donovan. Go. Don't know it. Too many broken hearts in this world. Yeah, maybe. Like a Prayer by Madonna. Life is a mystery. Just like a prayer. Eternal Flame by the Bangles. Is this burning an eternal flame? Uh, Hand on Your Heart by Kylie Minogue. Don't know that. Ferry Cross the, Mer- <laughs> Ferry Cross the Mersey oh, featuring gee, really? a load of Scousers because it's such a special town, eh? Ferry Cross the Mersey. That was Paul McCartney and Jerry Marsden. Oh, my Jerry Marsden, there you go. Sealed with a Kiss by Jason Donovan. Oh, I can't remember that one either. Uh, back to Life, Soul to Soul. Back to life, back to reality, back to the here and now. You'll Never Stop Me Loving You by Sonia. That's um, uh, Simon Cowell's ex-wife, is it not, Sonia? She's, she sang uh, um, Boys, Boys, Boys. Uh, don't know it. Uh, Swing the Mood by Jive Bunny. That's got to be that. Let's twist again. I would bless them. They had one. It was a mega mix, wasn't it? All right. They had three songs in the top oh, twenty. The other okay. one, uh, another one was "That's What I Like" by Jive Bunny. No, no, no. Let's party by Jive Bunny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Here's one that I think has survived the test of time. It's by somebody, a band or a person called Black Box. Oh yeah, right on time. All around the world by Lisa Stansfield. All around the world now, I've been singing. Yeah, with a nice big flat cap and a, and a little beauty mark. Uh, you got it by New Kids on the Walk. Oh, not clue. No. Do they know? I had an STT, but now you've got it. Do they? <laughs> do they know it's Christmas? Oh. It's I Christmas time. There's no time to, jump to be afraid. There's all the different um, different singers, you know. Yep. Do they know yep. it's Christmas time at all? Um, my little final, little 1989 trip. Me and Mark back in Weatherfield. 
Deidre Barlow finds out <laughs> that Coronation Street intellectual, wishy-washy Ken Barlow, has been having an affair with his secretary, Wendy Crozier, and throws him out of the marital home. He's always up to something. Uh, this year, we're going to look at 1989. We're going to look at an ad for Max L. Tapes. Max L? Max L. Tapes. Who owns the Max L. Brown Tones? I don't know. Hitachi. Oh, do they know? Yeah. Uh, this ad is, what are we calling it? The Israelites? Are we calling it the Israelites? Are we calling it the Israelites? Are we calling it... I don't know what the original name of it was, but I'm pretty sure it was my Israelite. So the original song that they used in the advert was the Israelites by... Oh, no. Desmond Decker. Okay, let's take a step backwards. The ad was created by Hal Henry Chaldecott Lurie. What was it now? Who would go on to be... So this is 1989. HHCL would go on to be named as Agency of the Decade mm-hmm. for the 1990s by Campaign Magazine based on their work for Tango. Tango. Ron Seal. Ron Seal. And Pop Noodle. And Pop Noodle. So that takes us back to... I love you! <laughs> 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 Look away! Look away! Uh, the agency was bought by WPP, who closed it down in 2007. Seems to be what WPP do, isn't it? They, they do, buy, they an, merge and they shut buy them down. an agency, mm. they squeeze the pips, and then they close it down. Wire and paper products. Really? That's what it is. That's really? what it started. Didn't, didn't it was a shopping trolley. Did not know that. Mm. Uh, the art director on this ad was Tim Ashton, and the copywriter was a chap called Naresh Ram Chandani. Um, apparently, this was the second ad that he worked on after joining it. Oh, How Henry? There are two versions of the ad. One features the song Into the Valley by the Skids. Tell you what, before we go on further, do you want to describe the ad so, so everybody ad knows what we're talking has, about? Yes, a very funky guy holding a, a bunch of flashcards, big sort of uh, A3 flashcards in his hands. And what, as the song plays, um, he has the lyrics of what he thinks are the lyrics on the cards. Um, so as you hear the song playing, he drops each card, but the, the words are actually wrong. Um, hilariously wrong. Um, <laughs> close, but wrong. But the problem is, you can never listen to that song again and hear the correct lyrics. You'll always hear the wrong ones. Here's the ad. Ripped straight out of the beating heart of the internet. Not the best audio quality, but it fits in quite nicely with the particularly rubbish all-round quality of today's episode, which sound like it was recorded in Tony's toilet and not his kitchen, basically because I got the mic settings wrong. Sorry about that. Wander over to the YouTube channel if you'd like to have a look at the ad. There's a link in the pod notes, as per usual. The actual song is My Ears Are Alight. He, the board says, My Ears Are Alight. So we're not necessarily sure that it's laughter. <laughs> That's pretty good. And then it says, um, to hear, I can't remember what the sign-off is, it's to, to hear, hear perfect or hear the what's correct, use Maxwell tapes. There are two versions of the ad. One was by the Skids, 
with their song Into the Valley and the more famous version is Desmond Decker's 1969 number one hit it's so simple The Israelites occasionally it does come on the radio or you'll hear it in a shop or something like that and you're absolutely right it's impossible to sing the correct words before we go into it can you name any other songs like that any other any other songs that you've misheard lyrics uh, no but I did do a bit of research about this this phenomenon it is a phenomenon which has been named oh really yeah so the phenomenon of mishearing or misinterpreting words or song lyrics where the listener substitutes words that sound similar mm-hmm. is called a mondegreen a mondegreen a mondegreen which wow. is a term coined by American writer Sylvia Wright in 1954 I did find some famous examples go on then so okay do you remember the the movie American Werewolf in London I did what was the famous song in that oh, one? I don't know. Creedence Clearwater Revival. Have you ever seen the rain? Yeah, uh, team what, sorry? Have you ever seen the rain? <laughs> I want to know. That one? No. What is it? So, Creedence... <laughs> Thanks, anyway. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Creedence, Creedence Clearwater Revival, the famous song, or oh, the song made famous by American Werewolf in London was Bad Moon Rising. Oh, yeah. Worse, they sing. Apparently, this is commonly misheard as there's a bathroom on the right. (laughs) (laughs) How good is that? The other famous one I found is by Jimi Hendrix, but the song Purple Haze. So, you know, um, the famous line, or one of the famous lines from the very famous song, Purple Haze, is... Excuse me while I kiss the sky. Down, 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 Okay. Um, commonly misheard as, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Right, I thought that's what you just sang. <laughs> excuse me while I kiss the sky. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. I love this one. The Beatles song, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. A girl with Commonly misheard as the girl with colitis goes by. Okay. Final one that I picked up was Nirvana. Yeah. Smells like teen spirit. Uh huh. I'm so uh, here we are now, entertainers. Yeah. Commonly heard as here we are now, hot potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I've got some. I remember. Go. Um, Billy Ocean. When the going gets tough. And the going gets stuffed. The tough <laughs> going. That was a classic. And there's some brilliant ones pulled up by, um, uh, what's his name? Peter Kay. Remember his? Yes. And his misheard lyrics yeah, yeah, about yeah. Um, yeah. Um, birdseed. Yes, I'm begging right. you for birdseed. <laughs> Duffy. Uh, Duffy. That's the one um, where it's, uh, is it? Um, someone, I want to kiss you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Shania Twain or something like that. And he talks about, my burgers are the best. There's a Michael Jackson song. Um, as per usual, the advertising industry has co-opted it. The most famous version <laughs> kicking around at the moment. What did research tell us? Don't tell me. People voted it the most favourite ad. No, no, no. no. So probably um, there is a modern version of the idea kicking around at the moment in the UK and Australia, which is for Compare the Market. 
Oh, I've seen that. Com- um, which is now compare the meerkat. Yeah. Do you remember the one with the Russian the Russian Bruce. speaking? Well, yeah, but I don't remember. Apparently the whole, so the product or the brand is compare the markets mm. or compare the market. But it still goes to, if you type in compare the meerkats, it still takes you to the correct web address. Yeah, so the gag is that, com- uh, that instead of reading compare the market, you're, you read compare the meerkat. Oh. It's a bit, uh, it's a bit tenuous. Mm. Visually, the ad is very reminiscent of a Bob Dylan video, one of the very earliest music videos. Bob Dylan, you can't sing. The, do, do you know what the song is? No, I think it's Look it up, Subterranean Homesick Blues. No, it's magic. It's a great song and it's a really, really good uh, video. This ad won the Cannes Lion Film Grand Prix in 1990. So it It's not bad for um, your boy Nourish's second ad. Yeah, yeah. See so what the university education can do for you? It won a pencil at DNAD. Yeah. Why do we love this ad, Tones? We love this ad because it's simple. It has a proposition which is um, very good and the, and the message sticks to it. And it sells a product at the end, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Do you know what Maxell's problem was? What um, made, drove them to make the ad? I would say um, Maxell's problem, well, besides maybe the market being a little bit cluttered, I suppose the new introduction of the new technology introduced by Philips, CDs. CD-ROMs. What does ROM stand for? Read only memory. You're brilliant. You what does CD stand for then? <laughs> uh, compact disc. <laughs> yeah, compact disc. <laughs> compact disc. Apparently, Maxell had a reputation. You know this as a as a DJ. Maxell had the reputation of selling the best cassettes. Yeah, is that true? They did. They had something about on all of the tapes. I say all of them. I remember seeing something about metal on them, and they used to sell the tapes weren't like little plastic, um, cheapy ones that used to rattle. They used to sell solid cassette tape. You know, because that's when we used to do a lot of dub tapes, right? We tape to date recorders, recording the Sunday night yeah, charts and what have you. But they did. Yeah, they did have a. Um, I'm trying to think about the what the um, product was that was so so high end. But yeah, they were. They were known as the, the better tape. So this newfangled technology was coming along though, CD-ROMs, uh, and this was their response. The ad features the first two verses of the Desmond Decker song. Mm-hmm. Would you like me to sing them to you? Yes, please. The original lyrics to this song went like this. You don't, don't do the voice. <laughs> Get up in the morning slaving for bread, sir, so that every mouth can be fed. Oh, me. Okay. Honestly, I thought it was in the room then. I honestly thought it was in the room. I went, Desmond, and I looked at it, it was you. It's like, God. The lyrics that appear in the ad get up in the morning, sleeping for bread, sir. Sold out to every monk and beefhead. Oh, oh, me ears are alight. Why find my kids? They book up and I leave me. Darling, cheesehead, I was yards too greasy. Oh, oh, me ears are alight. Brilliant. Are you going to sing that for me? <laughs> no, I'm good. I think, I think we've worked it out. I'm going to sing it. Get up in the morning, sleeping for bread, sir. Sold out to every monk and beefhead. Oh, oh, oh. Me is a lighter. Why find me kids? They woke up and I leave me. Darling, she said I was yet too greasy. Me is a lighter. There you go. Oh, well done. Thanks very much. Round of applause, please. See how the blind. Sorry, how the blind. How the deaf clap. No, go on. Sorry, you couldn't see actually what I was doing there. You're holding. 
And you hold your hands up. This is groundbreaking. And you're wiggling your little fingers. This is groundbreaking. fingers. Ground- like this. Like, it's like a bit like a shimmy. This is groundbreaking podcast content. Show us again, Tones, how the death, how, how the death clap. Anyway. Anyway. Shit. Live, you say. Live from Tony Williams' kitchen. Well, anyway, I thought we had a camera. I didn't know. Go on. Okay. It's a, it's a nice ad. It is. Do you think it was worthy of uh, winning the Grand Prix at Cannes? Uh, it depends what else was going on that year, of course. Mm, but there is um, that. I do. It is a great ad. You can see it as a car, as a Grand Prix winner. Um, yeah. Why not? I like it. Yeah. I'm not sure I like it that much. Really? Mm. I, well, as I said, depends what was going on that year. Um, it was it was really before the big big budget ads came in, wasn't it? You know, your PlayStations and, and what have you. The, the idea is solid. The so apparently Hal Henry, Chaldfoot Lurie were getting kind of famous for making really good ads on small budgets. Mm. Yeah, so you can see that from a production point of view, there's not a huge amount of money spent on the production. No, that's why it should be a good, it's because it's a good idea. Yeah, but the idea is lovely, isn't it? It's substance it, it over really style. It is a very, 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 very nice idea. You know, t- today you probably get a lot of people saying, you couldn't run that, there's too many words on the screen at the same time. Nobody's going to read those. Which I kind of can see mm-hmm. in that, yeah, yeah, you know, the research is saying now that people are, um, people do leave the TV or the screen running through the ads, but go and do something else. Yeah. Well, so you check your Insta while the ads are on, or you check mm. your Facebook, or you might, mm. um, I don't know, whatever you do, TikTok book, um, a TikTok gram or whatever, <laughs> whatever, the kid, whatever the kids are doing these days. And so, yeah, the actual having stuff that you need to read on screen to get the gag and get the ad, quite novel now. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Who's the target audience? Anybody that uses... Cassette tapes. Everybody yeah. with ears. Um, it would be middle-aged. It's, it's quite funny because um, I remember when I was a kid, I, had, I didn't give a shit about what kind of cassettes I made my mixtapes on. Really? And I didn't, She didn't carry the ones you gave them to? Yeah, I was, to? I was right. I was um, recording over the top of my dad's country and western songs. Really? When I was recording the uh, the top top 20 on a Sunday night. Ferris, I think is what it, it was. The... the Good product takes, I remember something high ferris or some ferris, like, ferris, sure, ferris, ferris, something ferris like is that. kind of iron ish, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. But yeah, you used to get the squelch, you know, when you had the one on pause and you press play, and you go, and then you know, play the, play the song. And the big deal with, with the top 20 was always cutting off the recording before the DJ started talking, and yeah. they always talked over the end, yeah, specifically so that you couldn't record the whole song, yeah, because they were all twats, yeah, or kitty figures. Who. <laughs> I don't think Jimmy Savile ever did the top 20 on a Sunday, did he? Yeah, and he did it to 12s. Never went that high. See, I'm, I'm, I'm just laying these up and you smack about the park. Always used to this say, is, at least this is just to, to fucking keep Enya, stop Enya from calling in and saying that we're... Well, yeah, he used to go to, only got to number 12. <laughs> Who were the DJs? Oh, there was, the was Casey Kasem. Who? Casey Kasem, the American one. Really? Yeah. Casey Kasem? Yeah, they used to do an American one. Um, but who was it? It was uh, They used to do it. Um, Simon, God, tell me. No, I don't. I'm asking because your memory for this shit is a lot better. It was, a different, than, it was a different one all the time. Yeah, but, there was a, but it was kind of rotating three or four of them, weren't they? Yeah. Like John Peel never did it, for instance, because he was too, you know, subterranean, too underground. Um, student, not student. I don't know. I can't even think of now. I've just been down through places to number 10. I've, got some, I've still got some on tape somewhere. Have you really? Yeah. Can you find them? I will. Ah! 
Here's the rundown of the presenters of the Radio 1 show that aired every Sunday night at 6pm and counted down the UK Top 20 Singles Chart. Coming in at 1967 until 1972, Alan Fluff Freeman. 1972 to 1974, Tom Brown. 1978 to 79, Simon Bates. 1979 to 1982, Tony Blackburn. 82 to 84, Tommy Vance. 84 to 86, Richard Skinner. 86 to 90, Bruno Brooks. 1990 to 1992, Mark Goodyear. 1992 to 95, Bruno Brooks again. 1995 to 2002, Mark Goodyear again. For our junior listeners, presenters since the turn of the millennium have been Wes Butters, JK and Joel, Greg James, Fern Cotton, Reggie Yates, Hugh Stevens, Jamila Jamil, Jason Derulo, Scott Mills, Clara Ampho, Mr. Jam. Jordan North, Sel Spellman, Katie Thistleton, and your current presenter is Scott Mills. Okay, get up in the morning sleeping for bread, sir. Sword out to every monk and beefhead. Ooh. It's brilliant. So it was simple, as I say, it has a proposition. Who was the market? Anybody who used tapes but saw themselves as, you know, a little bit higher than doing mixtapes with a girlfriend. Right. You know? It was for that special recording. I asked my um, son about whether you know, he understood the concept of mixtapes, mm. and he just looked at me blankly. It's a thing that's gone. It's gone completely. Nobody makes mixtapes for girls now, apparently. God no, no, it's playlists, isn't it? But um, I spend an inordinate amount of time making up playlists. Then writing neatly in the case, yeah, on, in the, on the sleeve. And there was, uh, you had to. Everybody had a different idea about, but I like to start with a bit of a bit croony. Oh, and yeah. then uh, and then up the tempo a bit, bit of Fleetwood Mac, something like that, <laughs> and get them really moving until they were sopping. <laughs> you, you can't say that. <laughs> From a dribble to, to a gush, what I really put on was a bit of Christopher. <laughs> Reminds me about the story of Stephen Hawking. What do you know? Um, what did Stephen Hawking get on his IQ test? Just a bit of dribble. <laughs> I'm awful. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> let's go back to doing the uh, the accents. Okay, let's go back to the ad. So mixtapes. Mixtapes. So, funny enough, I, I saw a YouTube clip the other day that put, uh, came up. It was how I explain mixtapes to my children. Right. I didn't watch it. Um, but, yeah, it obviously knows I've been watching the Max Aloud and threw me these um, these little films. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. Do you think Max Aloud didn't, um, like, were good enough so you didn't have to put the pencil in through the one of the holes to rewind the whole thing when it went to shit in your dodgy boombox? Yeah, I never had to do that. Unless it had been, yeah, completely tangled up. But it just basically says we make the better tape for when you want a better recording, didn't it? Yeah. And it's, fairly, it's a fairly simple ad. Um, the branding's a bit oh, recessive, I, isn't it? I don't know about that. I think um, for as long as I've known and can think about that, I've always known it was, it was um, Maxell. Right. So the branding's got to be a 4.8. I wonder if that, do you remember the previous uh, TV ad for Maxell, which was with very the, famous? With the, head, with the, the blowing the uh, guy's hair back. Blown away, it was called, yeah. Right. It was the guy sat in a chair listening to The Ride of the Valkyries with his mm. hair streaming backwards. And Funny enough, I only remember the poster for that because it used to be on the back of um, like the face and, and what have you at the time. And I saw the TV ad for it. It was a telly ad. It's, uh, it's very minimalistic. 4.8 for brand, really. Yeah, I think so. 
Well, unless you can show it me otherwise. What else could it have been for? Now, this is where I struggle with the, you know, looking at ads historically. I know that it's Maxell. I know that me is a right. I would forever link me is a right with Maxell. So if it wasn't Maxell, who would it have been for? I don't know. But um, if you saw that ad for the first time, for instance, then I reckon you'd struggle to name the brand. Because there's the well, brand, the brand doesn't exist anymore. The brand name, the brand name. Um, you actually see the brand. I'm not even sure if it's the logo type written in the last board. Mm. I think the last board says, I, "At least I think that's what it says." Yeah, yeah. I need to listen to it on, on a Maxell yeah. tape. But so there's no end, fair enough. There's no end frame. There's no yeah. call. There's no call to action. All right, it's 4. 2. handwritten. I, I'm not. I'm not no, asking no, you to change I it. I'm so. just. Right. I'm just saying. You're right. That, I mean, you could kind of substitute. You think you could substitute it with any other cassette brand, but nobody else was active in the sector from I'm my memory think, of it. I mean, who else would you know? As I said, TDK. TDK. Yeah. On. Did they advertise TDK? Oh, I'm sure they did. Anybody else? TDK. Um, Maxell. And then there was like Woolies Own, you know. So, um, brands. Sorry, I'm going to use the power of Google. Okay, cassette tape brands. Google. Google says, TDK. Congratulations to you, Maxell. That's pretty much. Oh, here we go. Fuji, mm. Sony. Mm. What happened to TDK? TDK stopped making cassettes in 2015 because the police still use cassette tapes. Memorex. Oh, Memorex. Yeah. Uh, yes, the, the police do. You're, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. A very good friend of mine worked for uh, a company that transcribed police interviews, yeah. and they were all done on tape. I was really, it's bizarre. Actually, I read the other day a fact about this. They use tapes, and there's a factory or the company that makes them still. They still make some like half a million tapes a year for the police. Really? Yeah. Or other bands. Uh, what about the casting for that ad? Casting very good, isn't he it? He was pretty good, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was very good. I love the way he just sort of nonchalantly looks to his left and right, if I, you know, give that bit of bit of groove again. So it's a very visual um, demonstration. But yeah, I think casting was very good. And then right at the end, he looks, um, he loses his confidence, doesn't he? Yeah. When, the, when the board says, at least I think that's exactly. what, what yeah. it says. Perfect. So those good. boards are really like what's on his mind, aren't they? Uh, 1989, he didn't see many black faces in commercials either. No, no, he didn't. Casting tones? I think the 4.8. Woo. Is there any craft in this ad? I think so, yeah, for sure. Oh, then what's the craft? Well, the, the copywriting for a start. The, you know, when you listen to those words, I'm sure you don't hear every one of those sentences and every word as they write it on that board. Sure. They have to very carefully do it and write it so you do. So now you won't hear anything else but that. So I think the craft in the writing was, was excellent. Well, what about the uh, – did the director have to do any work in that in that job? Um, I would say so, yeah. There's a, there was a fair bit of um, performance needed um, to be to be dra- dragged out of him. Casting is going to be 4.3. Craft? Oh, sorry, craft, I'm sorry, 4.3. 4.3. Uh, do you reckon they did that in one take? Yeah. Couldn't find anything about this at all. No. Production or anything online. They've done many, many, many takes. I would say they would probably um, swap some of the words around on the boards as well because I don't think that would have been the first set of words they ended up with or the last set. So, And there's no no reinserting it. There was no poster or anything done, so it was all done live. So I reckon they would have done lots of takes, but all in one year. Right. Uh, Creativity. Creativity, that's going to be about 4.9. Where are we at there? From uh, 16.9, 17.2. comes in at a very solid 18.2. That's not bad. We need to um, line all these up very soon and see. This is the 24th episode. I will, I'll go back and listen to them all and find out. Oh, good. That's just a good play count up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go back and listen to them. We'll do the top 24. Oh, top twenty. Are they um, the bottom twenties? The the bottom the bottom ones are um, 
are more interesting. So you couldn't have found, you said you found no information on this. Uh, you know, I found absolutely nothing. There's no like research shows that listeners nothing. said this is their favourite ad of all time. Nothing. No? No. Oh, okay. I, my feeling is that this is, this ad is an industry darling. Do you reckon? I think so. I, I haven't seen anything that suggests that it um, finds its way into those kind of top 20s. So it's hard because I, I do remember seeing it on TV or do yeah. I? I don't know, do you? I'm not yeah. sure, do I? 1989, I definitely remember seeing it on TV. Yeah. No, I think it's great. I think it's a brilliant ad. The client probably came up with the idea. <laughs> when it worked. I think, yeah, no, like, I think enough said. Yeah. It's like, if this doesn't work, it's your idea. Okay. <laughs> it was up and down to the research, actually. Naresh Ram Chandani was the guy who came up with the idea, copywriter. Was it? Why, how come the other actor didn't come up with the idea? Uh, well, because they don't, do they really? Oh, is that right? Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, I see a cat of worms open here. Yeah. A cat of worms? Is it a cat of worms? I kind of like the Skids one. I like the Skids version because um, I grew up with that song, Into the Valley. Into the Valley. I don't know my name got his chin. He was quite funny. So the wrong lyrics with that one began, Whose disease is cat skin? My picture is Hugh's toe. Okay, there we go. Everybody's learned something today. We all know what Amanda Green is now. Amanda Green, written by Mrs. Wright, the uh, writer. There's a bathroom <laughs> on the right. Oh, that was the other one, Cars, wasn't it? Who's going to drive around? Pork pie. <laughs> <laughs> Not pork pie. That's what they said. My voice is all right. Thanks, Thanks very much, Tones. Thank you, Stephen. So there you have it for another week, podlings. Now picture this. Lockdown's over. You're doing the Friday pub quiz with a gang of people from work. One of your team is Philippa from Marketing, who you've had the hots for ever since you started working at the abattoir. The quiz goes down to the wire with a final tiebreaker question. Are you finally going to beat the rival team from The Undertakers down the road? A hush descends on the room, broken only by a discreet behind-the-hand belch from Philippa. The quiz master pushes his spectacles up his nose and says, Who or what is Amanda Green? In years to come, your wife will tell your children that your correct answer to that question was when she first realised she was in love with you, which of course was shortly after her boss told her that your dad owned the abattoir and had just been issued with a patent for a new kind of stun gun. Don't ever say that this podcast isn't educational. Thanks for listening. Ta-ra for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.